folks said that I would change my mind I'd straighten up and do just fine Ah, but I still love rock and roll Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one to episode 55 of Justified Pursuit. Hope y'all are doing well. As always, riding shotgun, my buddy, co-host, the good counselor Chisholm Cook. How in the world are you today, my friend? Double nickels, man. 55. That's a, feels like another little minor milestone. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, you know, life is good. The world is in chaos. Um, but my house is in relative order, so that's good. You? Uh, yeah. Aaron and I just celebrated 13 years of marriage. Oh, man, I meant to text you. I saw that on Instagram. The best today. 13 Congrats. years of her life, I guarantee to you. <laughs> you know, every girl should um, sure. be so lucky as to land a catch like me. Uh, no, I am uh, certainly blessed to have someone that puts up with my shit. <laughs> yes, you are. A saint. No doubt. I would describe her as. And who uh, helped you make beautiful babies. And we had grand plans of dinner and whatnot, whatnot. Uh, yes. And then soccer tournaments got in the way. It was like uh. Thursday. I, I, this wasn't a thing either when I was a kid. Like if you had a soccer tournament, like here's a, a couple weeks out. Here's your schedule. Here's when you play your games. Thursday, we're still waiting on the schedule. We have Aaron's um, sister taking care of the kids. And they're like, oh, yeah. Thursday here you have a four o'clock game Saturday okay we'll go to dinner a little later then at like Friday morning they're like the game's been changed to 8 30 p.m. I'm like these kids are six years old six and seven years old they don't play at 8 30 p.m. they're in bed no <laughs> so anyway we'll celebrate another time because I got to go to the deer lease the next two weekends mm. that is uh, it, it is absolutely that time of year in fact I do have a, uh, a tale a buck story uh, if you want to let me run with that for just a second. All right. All right. As far as, don't because I, we don't know how many of our listeners actually hunt. We don't need a 30 minute recap of it. Let's keep it like I want to hear the story. But how many I, I want. That's an honest question. Like how many of our listeners are like, oh, they're talking about hunting again. Who gives a shit? Or maybe they like it. I don't know. I think like we have like 25 reviews on Apple iTunes podcast thing. By the way, leave us a review and rating, please. Five stars uh-huh. only uh several of them say something to the effect of it's like you know sitting around a campfire with your buddies at deer camp so dude that's a a pretty good description all right i feel like i feel like we have i want to hear about clay's buck yeah Yeah. and hopefully the listeners will appreciate it too i won't give the ultra long version you've already heard the long version but um yeah saturday morning uh i put our friend mutual friend clay friend of ours from college on um the book of a lifetime by any definition and specifically sort of the book of his dreams um mm-hmm. it was really really cool man so i you know clay and i've been friends since the fall of 99 lived together for two years started having kids the same year um you know i've known his wife the that entire time he's known ashley they've known ashley as long as she and i've been dating anyway dudes like family um, he's become really close with with my folks, my, my dad in particular, over about the last 10 years. Um, they they talk, honestly, they talk more than I talk to dad or I talk to Clay, <laughs> in all fairness. Um, anyway, so, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about that lease that we used to hunt, uh, which my old man still leases. And 
kind of subleases to some other folks, Clay included, this uh, big, you know, lease down in near Freer. He has been hunting down there for 13 years now. Um, he's only shot one buck in his entire life. He's been hunting his whole life. He shot one kind of cold buck as a kid. Um, and basically made the decision he would wait until he got the exact buck he wanted with the exact conditions he wanted to harvest it in. And this is a guy who's also shot, uh, brown bear and like doll sheep in Alaska. So it's not like he's just some rookie hunter waiting to shoot. a Not at all. Clay has done some amazing, amazing. Anyone like this. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's, that's gone and hunted, uh, like places like Alaska for very expensive, big game hunts, but then in their home state, it's like. And eh, now that that's a nice buck, but doesn't really do much for me. I'm waiting for the perfect one. Yeah, well, like I said, not even he hasn't even harvested a, a cull right himself it, since he was a kid. And he certainly had many, many opportunities for that. He had it. It's it's a clay thing, man. I, I put on this post about all this on, on my Instagram. He is the most disciplined. One of the two most disciplined friends I have. Um, and when he gets his head mindset on something, that's just all there is to it. He had it since 2008 at a minimum when he told me i'm not killing another buck until i get a chance at a 160 plus inch perfectly typical symmetrical 10 point on a low fence property um you know like i mentioned he had a kid that year so his wife shot several deer over the first five six years after his son was born then his son got into killing and yeah so clay hadn't shot anything uh, other than like you said, brown bear and doll sheep and like three different elk and uh, you know a big mule deer out in West Texas, little things like that, all kinds of cool <laughs> stuff, dude. And, and you know, big and he's none of these are can hunt operations. No. All of these are public land. No, I think well, on his Alaskan brown bear hunt, he didn't even get one the first time. Yeah, dude, back. I think he had to go back three times, twice for know. sure. I know he. You're right, he went back twice. I don't want to say he went back three times. But anyway, he's, dedica- he's dedicated. Hell yeah, dude. Hardcore, hardcore. And, you know, he, he shoots like crazy. And, he, and anyway, so <clears throat> we've been watching this buck since the first year on the ranch. The buck was three and a half years old then. Um, same, same. He was born the same summer as this giant, enormous eight that I wanted to take that ended up getting eaten by a mountain lion along the way. But that mountain um, lion's now over the fireplace. In the sure is. Damn, he looks there. good up there. So. <laughs> Looks real good right there. Um, much better than roaming around preying on our giant deer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this buck showed up. I think I really think the first time I ever saw him, he already had half a rack. Uh, as a three-year-old, he'd been fighting and he broke like half of his rack off. But the other half was like 10-inch tines at the ears with these beautiful white tips on it. And I, I just knew he was special, right? So I do have the last four seasons from 2018 till this season, documentation of him. I didn't save the pictures from 2017, but whatever. Um, so I watched him. I filmed, started filming him two years ago. Remember thinking when I got on him in this big open field that, you know, this is where we'll kill him one day because he was in there during the rut chasing all these does. And he was clearly the man at like a, at like four or five or whatever he was that year, five, I think. And um, so, yeah, we were planning to go down this weekend. Kids were going to be there. I was going to try to get Charlotte her buck, uh, get Riley a look at her buck and hopefully get clay this guy um because last year he sat the place saw that buck twice once before he'd broken off a tine and, and once after and i had already for well over a year i had been thinking this is the buck that i think clay would really like and so he saw this buck and he was just lit up and the other thing about clay is like the, he's a stoic stoic like he doesn't get high or low about anything 
And so when he came back from this sit and was like, Dude, I think our cool. listeners would say the exact opposite of the, the host of this show. Like, yes, they were like, for sure. America the next week. We're like, God, America sucks. You know, like <laughs> I, I am certainly subject to highs and lows. And that's part of why I admire him, his discipline and his stoicism. But anyway, he got out of the blind last year and was so lit up by what we ended up later naming Rick, thick Rick. Um, Sounds like a porn star. Yeah, a buddy of mine from law school named him that named him that this year. It took me four years for somebody to finally come up with a cool name for him. Now his name is King Rick, but I'll get to that. Also anyway, a porn star name. Yeah. He was stoked about him. And I was like, would you be would you kill that deer? And he was like, yeah, I'd kill a deer like that. And I was like, sweet. So you're going to. And so this year I started talking to dad about it. I mean, he was seven and a half years old. It was his year. And last week, his son had basketball tryouts for seventh grade, made the A team had practice Saturday morning and a tournament, like a preseason tournament on Sunday. And none of that kept Clay from going. And this is a man, you know, he coaches everything or has at least in the past. He doesn't miss his son's stuff for just anything. Right. Um, But he was only for, he was, that's right. Only for King Rick, or maybe one of these Alaskan wilderness. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, that was like reinforcement that, yeah, he's actually really stoked about this, which is funny because my dad was like, you think he's going to kill that deer? My dad didn't see him as all that special. In part, because his head was so fat and his times were so long, it looked like he had like three and a half or four inch bases. I tried to tell everybody that deer is bigger than y'all think. I swear to God, that deer is bigger than y'all think. The night before Friday night, we were looking at old videos and stuff and, and pictures from this year. And I was saying, man, I think this deer might bump 170. And they were like, ah, man, I think you're going to be lucky for him to go 160. And I was like, y'all are crazy. Y'all are nuts. Yeah, look at the length of his beams. Like in between his tines, there was, you could, Clay pointed out, he's like, you could put a fist between his tines. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I take him to the field that uh, he'd been frequenting. And for like three weeks, he'd been in there with seven does on the trail cam pictures. All the other bucks were still paired up up until about 10 days ago. They were still paired up, or, or you know, maybe there'd be five bucks of varying ages and some does in the same shot. But They're still buck- going out to the bars. This is the weirdest thing about whitetail life cycle like for people that don't know the the males the bucks hang out all year together just you know getting their jollies off staying out drinking all night and then about november 15th where i live and and it's like december ish uh yeah like a month december uh, one month later where you live in south texas they they say we're no longer friends let's kill each other that's right (laughs) they they become mortal enemies Side I'm gonna, note, I'm going to stab you with these <laughs> horns that are deadly weapons. But if we both make it through the rut, we'll go out to the barn. We'll, we'll hang out about again. it. We'll drink. Oh, dude, I, I've got I've got one pair of bucks in and particular. The parents, too. They're bastard. They like every child. Every. Oh, yeah. Every buck's child is a bastard. They don't do anything yep. with the uh, upper, nothing to the, do re- with the child rearing. They're back nothing in the bar. I, I've got one pair of bucks that for four years. They are always together They're It's the same two bucks since three and a half years old. Now they're um, six or seven. They've been together during this preseason that whole time. Just in the last week, they split up, but they're still in the same vicinity. Um, side note to this deer that I want my daughter, my oldest to look at maybe harvest later this season. He had a buddy all preseason it was this big wide 10 and this big mature nine point. Two weeks ago, I noticed I sat a blind and I saw the 10 point. And he wasn't with the nine for the first time since the summer. Mm-hmm. And then this past weekend, when I pulled the cards, the nine had broken a tine off. And I had noticed watching the 10 the week before that he was real jumpy around this other mature buck, like kind of, they weren't like 
it didn't seem that that buck was really posturing at him or lunging at him, but he was just twitchy, right? I'm positive those two got into a scrap in the last two weeks. The nine point broke a tine and the 10 point was like kind of woken up to the fact that, oh yeah, it's about to go down. So like he's already, the fighting should be again almost a month from now, right? Mm-hmm. But they had already locked antlers, broken off a tine. The thing to your, these mature bucks clearly know earlier and earlier each year what's coming, mm-hmm. right? Like two-year-olds, three-year-olds, even four-year-olds to an extent, you don't see them behaving in, you know, ruddy ways until where we're at in December, but six-year-old and seven-year-olds, they may disappear the first week of November and be right. running. And you, all of a sudden they go to the same blind every single day for three months, all of a sudden they're everywhere or they're gone completely, or you see them bullying other deer around. Um, so anyway, this buck had been a loner. I would get pictures of him with other deer, other bucks during the October and September, but not the same buck all the time like these other deer. He just happened to be in the same place at the same time because of feeding phases and whatever. He didn't have a buddy. Yeah. And so for the last three weeks, he had a harem of those. It was abundantly clear. They were all big-bodied, mature does. Anyway, so I put Clay in the blind, and I head to another blind. I get some does right away, so I text him. I'm like, you know, the moon phase was perfect uh, in the mornings last week. Like, it started right when the sunrise happened and right when the feeders were going off. And I was like, you know, you got any does yet? You got anything yet? And he's like, yeah, I got eight does. And then five minutes later, I've got, he's here. And so I just replied, kill him. (laughs) And I had told him to keep his North window open. I mean, closed because it was a, there was a little front in and I thought he would come from the brush line to the South. And turns out the deer pops up 50 yards from him on the right-hand side, which is the North. So he's got his window, his damn window closed. He's like, I got to figure out how to get this window open. Anyway, it takes 30 minutes and I'm sitting on pins and needles because I want to see this buck so bad. I want him to get it. I want to see him put my hands on him, you know, four years of watching this deer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he finally texts me and he's like, he's down. And I was like, sweet. Keep the coyotes off of him. Send me a picture when you've gotten up to him. But, you know, I'm going to sit for a little bit. And, um, you know, that was ideal because he texts, he FaceTimed with him, his son and his wife. I go to pick him up finally. And, um, you know, he just immediately gives me a hug and, you know, he's telling me, thank you. And again, this is not an emotional guy. Right. So you could tell he was really moved. He's like, dude, I almost cried talking to Drew and Steph. And, um, the buck had gone about 60 yards. So he takes me back to him and he's this giant, like, I don't like the word toad, you know, how mm-hmm. toad is popular in the hunting parlor. Oh, what a toad. Yeah. But the first thing I thought when I saw this fat ass was toad. He looked like a fat toad sitting Shot a big buck. That's a toad. I caught a big bass. That's a toad. Right. It's yeah. every, it's all sports. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that's what I thought when I saw him was mm-hmm. he looked like a big fat toad just sitting there squatted. Anyway, he tells me that these eight does that he had before, you know, at like first light, they're all milling about. And all of a sudden they take off in a dead sprint across this field. And he's like, they, there's no way they winded me. I didn't make a sound. He's kind of looking to see if a coyote comes chasing after him. Well, he watches them, and it turns out they ran across a field to this buck who was 50 yards from him back at like his four o'clock. You don't hear about that in white. No, here. no. It, but but I've seen it. Not I've not seen does run to a buck, but I have certainly seen that these big monarch, true dominant seven year olds, they'll have a harem. Um, and if they can keep it, they'll have a harem all season. Mm-hmm. And that was what this buck had. I mean, it really was like an elk situation. This buck stepped into the field and these does ran to him. And if you think about it, if those does are four or five years old and he's seven years old or they're six years old, 
he's probably, I mean, he's spent five years with each of those does, right? They have a relationship. They know him as the man. They know him as the guy who kicks the shit out of every other buck that shows up. And, you know, right now they're not interested in being chased yet. Right. So, and then I was thinking about, you know, basically everybody knows that at this age, seven and a half is where they start to go downhill. And they almost always get their butt kicked by like a four-year-old or a five-year-old in his prime. And if you think about it, if a buck has gotten to the point of dominance and maturity where he has a harem, he's going to have to fight every day for 30 days, every four-year-old and five-year-old he comes across. So it's no wonder that they end up going. I mean, if you see, a, if, if he had gone to next year, I bet anything, he'd have lost 30 pounds. His antlers would have started going downhill because he would have taken a ass kicking at some point this year. Um, just from having to do it every day, you know? And what did the buck weigh? 242 pounds. Which I, is, I haven't heard of a South Texas deer weighing that much. Me neither. That's a nothing for monster. like a Midwest deer. Right. For yeah. In Iowa, Iowa, they're like, oh, that's freaking enormous. Huge, huge deer for South Texas. This is the biggest deer either one of us has ever laid, laid eyes on mm-hmm. from a body perspective. Measured out at just shy of 165. If I give him this three-quarter inch kicker, he, he busted 165. Um, so perfectly symmetrical. I, I'm almost done. But like one of the cool things, if you look at his pictures from last year, and basically every year prior to that, his one of his main beams kind of raked upward and the other one went out. And it caused his tines like from the side to sort of crisscross, right? Because mm-hmm. like one, one side was like leaned back because it, of the upward trajectory and the other side was like straight up. The tines anyway. And um, I remember thinking at one point, if Clay was to pass on this buck, it would be because he's not perfectly symmetrical. But when he saw him last year, he was like that. And he still was like, no, I would shoot this deer. Well, the awesome thing is, dude, we held off for that one more year. And this year, this buck finished out so flawlessly symmetrical that he only had two inches of deduct of deductions mm-hmm. as a 10 point. His beams were within a quarter inch of each other. They, they tracked perfectly. They wrapped around and pointed back at each other perfectly. The tines, if you turn them to the side, everything overlapped. His G3s were like 10 and a, 10 and a quarter. Now you're definitely losing the casual listener with G3s and deductions and all this other deer uh, his rack had this beautiful hourglass there you go. hourglass figure i'm done <laughs> it really was, was beautiful clay was ecstatic and that's the most important part really 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 stoked man um yeah. when he got it home that night to his wife and son they called and stephanie was like this animal is just beautiful and he really was like i mentioned these white tips all of his mm-hmm. tips were always white and that was a unique feature for him his brow tines were both six inches long they were three quarters of them had been polished to like an ivory smoothness and they were white as they could be and when i tell you they were so sharp all three of us my dad and clay and i if you had pressed your finger too hard on one of these brow tines you would have drawn blood it was like he's stabbed some other deer in his day (laughs) only the ones dumb enough to mess with him dude yeah i I think i think for the most part we both of both of us were like man i can't wait to see what shows up on this field now that this guy's gone because he's been running it for three years Mm -hmm. you know like it'll be it'll, it'll change the dynamics of the place that this like the only it word won't for take it. long did i ever tell you about monarch uh this this uh pronghorn hunt i did in the panhandle it was the first pronghorn i ever shot he was in a field like ag field so what they did is they they drove the truck and i just kind of hopped out with the truck still shielding me and then i crawled into the little bar ditch there and then got up and and i shot him and he was with um uh, like four does his, his little herd dude as soon as i shot him those does ran and unbeknownst to us we had no idea this other buck was just sitting under there's only one tree i mean it's flat it's west texas you know there's nothing as soon as we shot him 
those does run off, this other buck's like, oh, he's dead, and he just joins them. Now they're his does. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like, talk about opportunistic. He was, it was like he was just waiting for something to happen to that. Yeah. Maybe that buck already whipped his ass, so he's over there just licking his wounds, and he's like, oh, wait, he's dead now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. So it won't be long you haven't before, ever told me that one. Yeah, before something jumps in there and takes his prime territory. Oh, I think does. Yeah, I think I'll have pictures just like next week of yeah somebody new in there. So yeah. Um, anyway, it was a great hunt. It was really cool. Every every box that you know the deer never even the feeder never even went off. He, mm-hmm. Feeder had nothing to do with it, uh, which was another one of his criteria. Everything he had ever wanted came true in 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 one hunt. It was cool, man. Yeah, beautiful, awesome. beautiful deer. Yeah. Uh, so what do you want to what do you want to start with today? There's a there's a pretty good list and. I, I really only have I have one thing of note, but it's going to take a minute. So let's start with something that's uh, on your mind. Well, uh, there are several things. Um, let's let's start with the lightest, uh, the least in depth. Okay, Beto O'Rourke, uh, the Irishman, I believe, from El Paso, that has taken a Hispanic uh, short form of his name, Robert, the crossdresser. Yeah, I think he's done that too, right? Uh-huh. The one that said uh, something like, F yeah, we're coming for your guns. A Texan. Yeah, guy. A Texan. Right. Who said that in a Texas debate. Uh, is this throwing his hat in the ring for the governorship? I saw a... Uh, do you want, Do you read the Babylon Bee ever? Do you ever check that out? I see their, their right. little memes from time to time. <laughs> they had a headline they had a headline beto o'rourke announces bid to lose governorship of texas <laughs> it's like dude do you know <sighs> he's like a freaking cancer that just won't stay in remission like every couple of years he has to oh i think he's up. i think he's a blessing yeah i think he's absolutely a blessing yeah no dude if you know ted cruz had become very unpopular in texas after refusing to accept the trump nomination at the 2016 Republican convention, right? That's he Beto O'Rourke did not run favorably against Ted Cruz. People had lost a taste for Ted Cruz. Yeah, and he's it was, it was just not like super like got elected. People lost a taste for Trump. You know, sure. So they like, Similar. Sure. Yeah. 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 Except, yeah. So we don't so, we don't we we don't like Beto. We just know we don't like Ted Cruz. That's right. I mean, I think he drummed up a little bit of youthful moronic enthusiasm oh for sure you know, among people who don't know any better but i don't think that ted got the turnout that he should have and that's evidenced by the fact that two years later republicans dominated every single position in last year's uh, you know election a- across the board mm-hmm. point being a stronger candidate than beto might have won that election because cruz was so unpopular at the time right beto is a joke and he's only dug, in him, dug himself a deeper grave going back to last year with his pitiful, pathetic joke, almost as bad as Kamala Harris's, uh, you know, bid for the Democratic nomination. I, he's the gift that keeps on giving to me, man. Just keep running. Keep losing elections. This <laughs> guy's got no chance in hell. None. None. It, 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 he's a laugh. He's, he's Do you think that guy. any conservative has a chance to unseat Abbott? Um, I don't know. I, I guess up in your neck of the woods, he's become very unpopular because you guys are all a bunch of scaredy cats about, you know, masks and, and forcing vaccinations. Not in my county, like but, that. you know, I'm next door to Dallas County, right. you know, Collin County. Dallas yeah. County's always been, well, 
been blue for a long time. Right. Um, I yeah, don't know who I don't know who's gonna. Well, I know Alan West is gonna throw his hat in the ring. Um, who's he? Is he the one that I listened to on Joe Rogan that time? No. Okay. Alan West is a um, long time. He was Colonel Alan West. He was a uh, army uh-huh. army colonel. Um, I think he's had a. I think he's had a house seat in Florida. Um, he's a black guy. Um, he, he's a very prominent, you know, I, I think black I did listen to Republican him conservative. Didn't he just he's try to run around. for like Houston and not get it? No, that was a different guy. That was a younger guy. That was one of Crenshaw's picks. Alan West has been around a lot longer than right. him, like 20 years. Like also that guy's brand new. comedian humorist Chad Prather is running. Um, there's always the, that, the he's very i follow him on instagram and he's always he's anti-woke and is always he's basically talks about the same stuff as we do right yeah he calls it out but he's not a politician so there, there's always that. somebody like that you know kinky friedman ran for like 20 years and uh well, i think Donald i think Trump ran as well so. the the uh the thong wearing um you know homeless guy leslie who was real famous in austin for a long time until some Sorry, piece of shit. Beat him over the head and killed him one night. Mm. Uh, he ran a bunch of times. Maybe that was for Austin Mayor. Anyway. There's um, no way a guy that said, hell yeah, I'm going to take your ARs is going to win anything in Texas. Like, no, that no. was political suicide. Uh, Absolutely. In Texas. I mean, it anyway. was. So it maybe, was, maybe you're right. I, I was like, this guy just will never go away. And you're like, good. Hope he, hope he never goes away. Absolutely. Keep <laughs> running for every... Every time a Senate seat or a governorship or any, anything important, run, please, Beto, please run for the rest of your life. He's got the money, married into oil money. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Keep keep losing elections for us. Love it. How how stereotypical of a leftist? He's married into oil money, you know, so he's set financially, and then he wants to dictate control the rest of us that don't have that oil money. You know, it's like so. Side elitist. note, you know, Gavin Newsom. Is leading, is leading the war against the oil and gas industry out in California. And I mean that. Like, I was out there in Bakersfield just a few weeks ago um, talking to some people who are longtime Central Valley oil folks. And, I mean, literally, he's shutting down refineries, oil and gas drilling, you name it, right? On October 29th, that guy got his third shot and then disappeared from the face of the earth for almost two weeks. He canceled his trip. He was supposed to go out to Glasgow, Scotland for that big climate summit that was going on. Canceled that. He was supposed to attend it remotely by, you know, Zoom or whatever. Wouldn't show up for that. All kinds of theories were going around that he had gotten Bell's palsy from the shot or who knows what, right? His first public appearance, not even a public appearance, his first public appearance outside of his home after that shot was uh, he attended a wedding. Man, what's the name of the, there's an oil company that I'm very familiar with the name is blanking on me, but he basically attended uh, the wedding of an oil baroness, uh, uh, an heir to a, to a massive oil drilling fortune. Uh, that was the first, you know, who's like a big campaign contributor of his and mm-hmm. family friends and stuff. This guy who's at war with the oil and gas industry goes to an oil baroness's wedding. Anyway, they're all full of crap. It's the same thing with John Kerry, you know, John Kerry, I don't know about the oil part, but he married into tremendous money. So now he has a yacht which he doesn't keep in his home state to avoid taxes. And he has a private jet. And when he's asked about, isn't it kind of hypocritical that you're the climate czar and you're the, you know, the new version of Al Gore out trying to fight 
the climate change thing that you zip around the world on a private jet? And his answer is literally, well, no, because I need to get places really fast and really efficiently so I can fight this fight for all of y'all. Hmm, that makes sense. Chisholm, those of y'all, nobody's watching. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I had grand Double aspirations birds, of elitist. putting this on YouTube. And then I was just like, eh, who cares? Yeah. Uh, YouTube sucks. It's a talking show. They, well, yeah. I mean, I think people would watch it except for when we started this, YouTube was already dropping the hammer on anything that didn't fit the leftist, you know, agenda. So what's the point? One of the these days, team. one of these days, I will have more time on my hands and we'll step our game up and start splicing in videos and things like that and make it something to actually watch online instead of just us talking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, Gavin Newsom, the same. So he probably got sick from his booster and he's the same guy that has already said, well, now that Biden has purchased all of these immunizations for five to 11 year olds, he's he's going to mandate that your kid be vaccinated in order to attend California public schools. So screw that guy. Uh, yeah. Speaking I, I, of, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I'm ready so to transition. My parents came over talk. for that soccer tournament that screwed up our anniversary. Uh, my parents came over after one of the games um, Saturday afternoon. And, you know, we've talked about how my mom almost died of COVID was in the hospital for 30 days. And she's still dude, like, like mentally, she's just not, she freaks out. We were sitting on the armchair, my my recliner that I watch football in. I was sitting in it, kind of on the edge of it, and just and she was sitting on the on the um, arm, the, on the arm of it. And I got up, and it kind of you know my weight getting off of the chair caused it to like lean back. And I I grabbed her, and I was like, "You're okay." And she's freaking out, and she starts like crying, and I'm like uncontrollably, she's like freaking Yikes. out, like what? I was like, "What in the hell just happened?" And I said, "Get control of yourself. You're acting insane." And I, I told, I told my brother the next day. It might have been a little bit harsh, but no, it wasn't because she's been okay. doing this forever, and she does it to my dad every day. And I'm like, you have got to get control of this. Like, you know, I, I understand what COVID wrecked you mentally and physically, but that was that was insane. I had you the whole time, and she's just like, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know why I do this. She's like, it is ridiculous. I said, you were acting like a person that didn't know how to swim, being thrown into the deep end, flailing your legs around like a lunatic and i was like and i had you the whole time so it you know yeah but dude if the she point can't of, if yeah. she can't control it she can't control I, it right I don't like know, dude i don't know i'm don't i'm know. begging you to try to find some patience with that bro i've got a not a similar she's a covid long hauler is what she is and right. she's going to like a covid long haul specialist and you know but i was just like I I, but notes. but i also think like you have to be like listen you're okay you're okay. Like that has to be the message, like positive, like you beat COVID, you're still alive. Now let's conquer this, whatever demons these are. Um, but the point of the story was not that that just came to my head. I was like, golly, it was, it was eye opening for me. Okay. She's really dealing with some shit here. Um, yeah. more than just physically. Cause she couldn't even walk for like three months. She had to walk with a walker. Now at least she's getting around. But m- my wife, and my wife doesn't, Aaron does not even ask me about me getting vaccinated anymore. Like that's, that's done. She knows better. Um, she's talking to my mom about the booster shot. And I'm like, she puts me on the spot and is like, what are you going to do? Are you going to tell your mom that she needs the booster or tell her not to get it? And I was like, it was one of those things where I was like, you know what, mom, you're 67. COVID almost killed you. You should probably get the booster. And dad, you're diabetic and COVID really didn't do anything to you when you had it. You're sick for two days like me. I was like, 
you know, I, I don't, it was really weird. Cause it's like, you know, I, I'm not getting vaccinated, but I'm also not 67. COVID didn't almost kill me. And I was like, if there's a chance it could help you, then you should probably get it. So, I mean, I told, told her what I think everyone else in my family wanted me to say to her. Um, I don't know. I, COVID did almost kill her. Oh, what do you do about that? And, and you and I are both on record as saying, yeah, there's some level of efficacy for people that are at high risk. And I would consider both my parents in that category with their age and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be telling, and I haven't told anybody in those i haven't told anybody period what to do i've told a few friends don't give your kids these shots i wasn't i wasn't soliciting my you know i wasn't putting my opinion out there it was being asked of me like right no i understand i i get it and, and i think i think i would have given i don't know man i, I mean I, I why like why why you know aaron doesn't appreciate and respect natural immunity really really confuses me um as a medical professional i, I feel like that data is so beyond clear i, I, don't, I don't understand no how. one but they're all indoctrinated dude no one believes that no one believes it how like, I, like i've told her i said you're not why won't that she booster. look at the and fucking she's like, studies i will do whatever i want you're not going to tell me not to get a booster I'm like, okay well enjoy your uh, arthritis and all that good shit that you got from the first two but anyway, yeah so so let me Aaron's not high risk so there's no reason and she has immunity there's no reason for her to get the booster Um, yeah, it's not up to us or it shouldn't be on us to, or we, we shouldn't tell anybody what to do, what not to do. You and your wife's conversations, I think are a different thing because I think you have legitimate reason to be concerned that these boosters are not safe for her. Mm -hmm. Um, particularly given that she had a pretty harsh reaction to the second shot. Right. Oh, yeah. And, you know, may not be willing to accept it yet, but seems to be having potentially some inflammation joint issues for sure but Since she's like she well i'm it. older and i'm like yeah okay well one th one thing's changed yeah you're six months older but you've also put these two shots in your body that you didn't need so in her, so let me, I will so, say, so, in her defense when she first got vaccinated it was like a mad rush because she was in the medical field and everyone the shots were available and only high-risk people and medical personnel could you know get the shot and thank god she because she signed me up through her work and i was like yeah i'm not doing that and now they don't even vaccinate you Unless you're like 90 days post COVID back then it was like, yeah, you just had COVID. Here's your shot. No one even knew. No one talked about it. You know, we were the, we were like a society, the, the experiment. That's, 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 that's really not true, dude. I remember very clearly knowing that your chances of complications, like as soon as the shot came out, it was clear that your chances of complications were higher. If you'd had the virus, they were saying that by December because they were seeing it. It was people who had had the virus that were taking the shots that were having, you know, not dropping dead, but having, they were the ones getting sick, mm. like almost at first, almost universally. I mean, there were, it appeared very few, or at least they were reporting very few cases because if it, like we talked about with Garen, once you've got natural immunity, then you introduce these spike proteins to your body intentionally, your immune system reacts to it because you're already trained for it. You don't need a damn vaccine right, you to teach be, your body how to fight something that it's already learned how to fight. You, the term double immunity is... Bullshit. Right, it doesn't exist. It's not real. Right. Anyway, dude. Anyway, let me... Oh. It, this was the natural transition into, you know, topic number two, which is basically 
Anthony Fauci, the, the grand wizard, <laughs> Lord Dr. Fauci, Lord Science Fauci. Almighty Fauci. He did a podcast last week called The Daily, which is it's the New York Times Daily. The New York Times has a podcast. And during this 30-minute podcast, he, um, he, he explained that we're starting to see some precipitous decline in efficacy from these vaccines not oh, not shit. just not dude not just you i mean you know this i mean there's a four million person case study in israel that proves that exactly what he's finally yeah admitting. the hilarious thing is all of us who are paying attention to the real world and not the fake world that the media spins for us are aware that since july israel has been declaring that these things aren't working for any length of time and they are already on fourth booster shots in Israel. So he explains that not only are they, I'm going to, I'm going to read some direct quotes here, but not only are they, yeah, we're seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalization and to some extent death to some extent, which is starting to now evolve in all age groups. It isn't just the elderly Fauci said, you remember this summer we talked about this article, I think that was on CNN, it may have even been Sanjay Gupta, who was trying to spin the fact that in the UK, their hospitalizations, they had more people in the hospital that had had the vaccine than not. And so they were trying to explain that away. This was like in June, dude, right. that the UK had this spike in hospitalizations from the Delta variant. And their explanation was, well, that makes sense in the UK because they've already got 80% of their adult population fully vaccinated. So, of course, you're going to see more vaccinations and hospi you know, hospitalizations among the vaccinated because you got so many more people vaccinated. Plus, don't worry about it because it's really just old people and people with pre-existing conditions. And it's like, isn't that the same people who are getting hospitalized, generally speaking, since day one before right. the vaccine? Like, that's always been the thing, right? So I'm supposed to feel better. That this vaccine is not helping the very people who it was supposed to help. Okay, cool. <clears throat> you know what? I have one regret, Chisholm, is that I somehow didn't get in on the ground level of like yeah. investing Pfizer. in yeah. right because Moderna. then all of this stuff that we talk about, I uh, I could just have fuck you money and not even care. I could just check out. I could just check out. Like, and I think that's what these people do. Like, they don't care. Oh, right? yeah. Right? No, Bill Gates and. George Soros are invested well, not only in the shots, they, but also in the testing. They All care. They care. Right. But I'm saying like the average guy who just invests in this and is now counting the millions in his bank, like, eh, who cares what society does? I'm going to sit over here on my ranch and just uh, become a recluse. Yeah. So he says, it isn't just the elderly. It's waning to the point that you're seeing more and more people getting breakthrough infections and more and more of those Still people calling it a breakthrough infection. Are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More and more of those people who are getting breakthrough infections are winding up in the hospital. Where's the part about Israel? He specifically. Yeah, here we go. The infectious disease expert pointed pointed toward incoming data from Israel. Incoming, incoming just in the last week. No, no. Incoming since July. We've known if you're paying attention to world affairs and this virus, again, outside of the prescribed media narrative, that this data has been abundantly clear for a long time. Mm hmm. Pointed toward incoming data from Israel, which he noted tends to be about a month to a month and a half ahead of us in terms of the outbreak. Yeah, so he's pushing boosters. If one looks back at this, listen to this, <laughs> listen to this Trumpian gobbledygook. If one looks back at this, one can say, you know, 
it isn't as if a booster is a bonus, but a booster might actually be an essential part of the primary regimen that people should have. So I just saw an article this morning primary that they were looking regimen. at. They're so looking like a at regimen means like it's something you do routinely. Like, so, so now let's do these. In well, perpetuity. Uh, well, there's more on that. First of all, as of today, Fauci is now saying we should start looking at Pfizer and possibly even Moderna as a three shot primary, not two shots with a boost. So they're not even willing to, that goes to the whole idea they've been talking about for weeks already that you won't be considered fully. The CDC is considering changing the definition of fully vaccinated to only if you've had this third shot, right? You've got California and Colorado circumventing the FDA's emergency authorization for a third shot for people 65 and older and high risk individuals and just saying it's not for us to judge who's high risk. Everybody can come get them. They're bypassing FDA regulations now. I think that boosting is going to be an essential component of our response, not a bonus, not a luxury, but an absolutely essential part of the program. Where's that aggressive boosting? There's this phrase. In, yeah. Getting the unvaccinated like a, vaccinated like and thrusting, not boosting, <laughs> getting the unvaccinated <laughs> vaccinated and aggressively boosting the people who have been vaccinated is likely to put the U S in a safer spot this winter than the country saw with the previous surges surges. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, hey, remember when they were trying to claim that they were at 70% fully vaccinated? Yeah. The number is now 58. So, <laughs> so, so when so they are they lying now or were they lying then? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Maybe it was I'm 70%. Gonna, I'm definitely going to say the f-word some more on this. <laughs> I didn't I didn't I didn't go to church on Sunday. Dude, this is so so <laughs> this is this is from a Yahoo news article summarizing and quoting directly this this New York Times uh podcast. The need for boosters doesn't mean that the vaccines don't work, however. On the the contrary, Fauci stressed that he does not think we, quote, we've given the full reign to prove what it is that you need to make them work. Let me say that again. It doesn't mean they don't work. What Fauci is saying is that we haven't given the full reign to prove what it is that you need to make them work. Hmm. In other words, just keep sticking that shit in you until it works. It's going to work eventually. In fact, he says that. I think when all is said and done, as we get through boosting the overwhelming majority of the people who've been primarily vaccinated, we're going to say, just like other vaccines that require multiple doses, like hepatitis B, like some of the childhood vaccinations, that it is likely a booster is needed, he explained. I'm making my own personal projection as an immunologist and infectious disease person. We don't have the proof yet. We don't have the proof yet. You haven't we don't the have proof the proof on any yet. of it ever. We don't have the proof yet. The proof of the pudding will be after you get people vaccinated and boosted, and we have a greater durability of protection that doesn't wane as easily. So in other words, we're going to keep sticking these shots in your arms until we think that you're actually, quote, safe for the long term. Yeah, you know, something that stood out is the difference between the hepatitis stuff is that, yeah, you get your three shots and then you're good to go. Forever and dude, here we get our dude. third shot and then now we're looking at israel who's on their fourth booster and the writing's on the wall anyone that has a brain can connect the dots and say okay in six months time when they're still not working we're changing the fucking narrative again and now you get your fourth booster shot and then you get your fifth and your sixth and forever it's never going to end because he, they've dug in so deep now they can't crawfish on it he told us dude but not even they're not just dug in dug in and not able to crawfish they flip-flop, he flip-flop. This summer, when people started getting breakthrough infections, 
he said, and Dr. Sanjay Gupta said, and for a brief week of time, all of the medical experts were explaining to us. You remember, we talked about this. We've got it in our show notes from somewhere around June that these shots were never intended to keep you from getting sick. They were intended to keep you from dying. Right. So for him to claim that you're going to get immunity if you just take enough of these shots is ludicrous because he told us himself that's not an objective of the shots. And if right. you just listen to how they work, they don't. The shots don't immunize you from the virus. They immunize you from the spike protein damage, supposedly, that the viruses create. It was it just it's it's nonsense, dude. My friend who still to this day harasses me and a couple of buddies every single morning about these shots. <clears throat> he had his Johnson and Johnson. I didn't take the shot. I got sick. He was telling me, I'm so sorry for you and your family. Like we were already dead, right? right. I took my ivermectin. Ashley took her ivermectin. We were over the virus. We were testing negative within six days of our first symptoms. He had his shot and he was still neg positive for the virus 10 days after he first tested positive. You know yeah. why? Because ivermectin has been proven in NIH studies. It's acknowledged for being effective at stopping replication of the virus. Now, I will admit I got sicker than he did. So did Ashley. But you know what also happens? The sicker you get, as long as you survive it, your immunity is better. Right. Well, I didn't All get very sick. Constant. I didn't get very sick. But like I've said, I've put myself out there. I've traveled. Yeah, but your immunity is clearly good because you got exposed sometime in August and your natural antibodies shot back yeah. up. So yeah, you got Absolutely. you got sick. Right. I, I mean, they're not saying that if you have an asymptomatic case, that means you're not immune no They're no I, I definitely knew i was like oh i don't feel good i probably should go yeah you were ill test. and you also had the original version which I, I the one thing that also was not a lie and is clear the delta variant spread more easily and got people generally sicker mm -hmm. it didn't but kill you know people at a faster rate enough people use that magic elixir that comes from the blessed state of kentucky and it's called bourbon <laughs> And COVID doesn't like bourbon, in my experience. So I mean, al <laughs> alcohol kills just about anything if you dose it. Yep. Oh, my, my preferred world. my preferred antiseptic is a little tequila, mm -hmm. reposada, sado, maybe an añejo. If I'm feeling like, you yeah. know, getting a little spendy with it. Blanco, um, if I'm gonna mix it with my ranch water, uh, top topo chico. What? I, that's like the the ranch water fat is really amazing. Like. Dude, I think it's the best cocktail ever, but not the shit in the can. Right. An actual Topo Chico mixed with a good tequila and a squeeze of lime is the best cocktail ever made. It's pretty good. It's pretty lie. darn good, man. But I love the taste of tequila. I really I had one it. last night, ranch water. But what's crazy to me that like, like four years ago, no one even knew what a ranch water was. Yeah. Like, but apparently they've been drinking it out in Marfa and Alpine for a while. Yeah, but now you can like get it in a can. You can, right. you can get one that's not even made with liquor at the gas station, or you can go to the liquor store and get a ranch water that's actually made with tequila in a can. Right. Um, another regret. We should have been in on the ground level on ranch water too. No kidding. Or the hard seltzer thing right before that. I don't do. Those are gay. <laughs> but everybody I know drinks them. Uh, not anybody with a pair. But uh, okay. How about? the term minor attracted person chisholm are you familiar with that is that what they're calling it dude minor attracted person yeah dr alan walker a transgender professor at old dominion university recently penned a book this is a professor a trans professor 
the book was an attempt to destigmatize pedophilia, and it's titled A Long Dark Shadow Minor Attracted People in Their Pursuit of Dignity. Dignity? You like to fuck children. You don't have any dignity. You're a sick motherfucker that needs to be institutionalized, not out there trying to destigmatize pedophilia. Dude, listen to this. I'm going to play a clip from Alan. Uh, I can't tell if it's a dude or a girl. I don't know which way that it transgendered, but uh, we'll take a listen to Dr. Alan Walker. Um, I use the term minor attracted person or MAP uh, in the title and throughout the book for multiple reasons. Um, first of all, because I think it's important to use terminology for groups that members of that group want others to use for them. Um, and MAP advocacy groups like Before You Act. Um, first thing, ding, ding, ding. She wants it, it. I don't know if it's a boy or girl. It wants you to use terminology that it wants you to use. Did you hear that part? That's called compelled speech. Dr. Jordan Peterson has a lot to say about that. Have advocated for use of the term map. Um, they've advocated for it primarily because it's less stigmatizing than other terms like pedophile. Well, that's what you are. You're a pedophile. People, when they hear the term pedophile, they automatically assume that it means a sex offender. Uh, and that isn't true. And it leads to a lot of misconceptions about attractions toward minors. Misconceptions? Do you want to have sex with a minor or not? I don't understand the misconception. Do you? Man, it's so funny because the slippery slope argument has always applied to this LGBTQRSTUV agenda. They, they, the people who are against it, and you and I are on record many, many times. We don't have any problem with, you know, gay and lesbian care. people. We don't care about gay marriage. Right. We don't care about the transgender issue. And I'm we don't happy care to call that Dr. Alan Walker is a tranny. We don't care. I I'll call a person who asked me to call, I'll call them whatever pronoun they asked me to, but I, I won't, I won't pretend like reality is not reality, but they've always said that people who have been adamantly fighting back against this agenda, it will eventually be that they're trying to normalize pedophilia, bestiality, all kinds of other depravities. There is no, to your point, if we're at a point in this society where we're, we're ready to accept pedophilia as natural and something mm -hmm. that's okay, um, then we have truly like, reached... Like God created you that way to dude, try to have <clears throat> sex with his children. All of these mm -mm. are telltale signs of the collapse of a civilization. The, it's, it's an a, we're in an age of decadence, an age where it's all about... It's all about you know, passions and lusts and pleasure, hedonism, unabashed, unrestrained hedonism, and people doing whatever they want, and specifically this gender morphing and the pedophilia thing. If you look back at Roman culture, these were staples of Roman culture in its later stages as it collapsed. All norms were thrown out the window. Dude, the Romans practices with young boys were unbelievable man it was like a given it was a given that well, a young boy would be basically paired up with us an old man to be his plaything, to uh, teach him the way right I, we I are, don't think it was just like greeks did like socrates like did the same thing all of them yeah yeah the ancient egyptians were kind of famous for 
you know, the, the, again, and this is only among the elite of these societies, right? This is the Roman Senate. This is like the Pharaoh's, you know, court. They the all poor got people into didn't this, have time to be out there fucking little kids. They, they all got into work. this hermaphroditic crap. <clears throat> Get a job. Stop fucking kids. There's no, it's not okay. Um, it's exactly what everybody thought. It's exactly what this country allegedly voted for last November. Um, a, a removal of all standards, morals, um, at the same time that, you know, we destroy the foundational principles of this country. Um, we're replacing them with sheer and utter chaos. Um, I wonder, I wonder what, like my brother, my woke brother, who I love him and we are, you know, we play golf together. He was over here watching the Cowboy game. Uh, but like politically, we couldn't be on further ends of the spectrum. But like, I wonder what he would say to that because he's not a father. He doesn't have kids. So it doesn't probably doesn't resonate ah, with him. He still he wouldn't. Some, he would think it's bad, but he right. would think that that's a one-off. It's not indicative of any sort of grander scheme. He would insulate it, it and isolate it away from he would think all the other stuff. But I could say, but you voted for that, for dude. Truth. You voted for that. Yeah. This but is he what you voted for. So until he starts to piece these threads of things together and see the grand scheme, if he ever does, and to your point, it may only be that you can do that once you are a father. I don't know. I, I mean, some people, uh, that, that's silly. There are plenty of people who don't have kids that, are, that see this tidal right. wave coming, right? But I do think that once you have a truly genetically vested interest in the future of society, that's when you're not willing to tolerate crap like this, mm -hmm. right? It, to him, to your point, he doesn't have a son or daughter who's at risk of being molested. He doesn't know anybody that he's aware of that's doing this type of thing. Some crazy teacher at whatever university you said. Old Dominion. Yeah, can say whatever they want in a guy like him's mind. It doesn't, it's not indicative of anything. He also doesn't pay attention enough, much like, you know, my woke loved ones. They don't pay attention. They don't watch any real news. So all they actually get is an echo chamber. Second and third, right. Second and third level, you know, sort of. Yeah, echo chamber nonsense. It's all based on the media narrative, right? Like they're they're not seeking any sort of truth. And you know, like I think I talked about, my, my sister thinks that that uh, Tucker Carlson goes on Fox News at night and uses the N word on cable television. <laughs> she really like I pinned her. I asked her three times. I was like, "Do you really believe that?" And she had a look on her face like she knew she didn't know the answer. I could tell she knew like she didn't know if that was true, but she stood by it because. She was pot committed, right? It's like these vaccine mandates. They're I mean, it's, I, I uh, tried to send her. I tried to send her the links. I, I sent her actually. I tagged her on some of Russell Brand's um, posts recently about you know Clinton having paid for the whole Russia collusion thing. Which, by the way, have we talked about the fact that another sap got uh, indicted? And you know, mm -mm. anyway, well, we need to. Yeah, we can catch up on that one later. Yeah, uh, there's still more to come from the great John Durham in that front. But, you know, I sent her that and apparently she calls my mom and she's like, why is, you know, he tagged me on this stuff and it's Russell Brand. And my mom's response was, well, Russell Brand is an alcoholic and a drug addict. And it's like, actually, he's a recovering alcoholic and a drug addict. He's also mm -hmm. a genius yeah. who's extraordinarily well read and a deep thinker. And oh, by the way, a staunch hardcore lefty, hardcore lefty. And you can say all you want about his past. I can provide you the link to the justicedepartment.gov website that shows you the effing indictment. 
So why don't you do a little bit? And my mom's response to that was, well, you have to understand that Hillary was your daughter, your sister and I's uh, gal. And I was like, that doesn't make her. Why? I was like, mom, she's been a crook. She's been a crook since her husband was the governor of Arkansas. And why are you willing to defend the crookedness of this woman if you're supposed to be standing on any kind of principles and she to her, Which credit, your mom she goes like, to well, church and is a religious person. So that's why it's so surprising to me. And I'm not saying your mom is uh, your, your mom's just a microcosm of, a, of I just a, I've stopped. I've stopped. Um, I've I've just stopped. Like, I, I don't talk to either one of them. I've you know, it's only about this. All this last conversation was probably about a month ago. And. Um, I, I just I've got I'm just I'll just be censoring myself. We we can't I can't have real conversations with them about anything that's going on in the world. Yeah, they they refuse to see it. They refuse to look at it. They refuse to educate. One of the things she even said was, "You have to understand that when you send somebody something like that, you kind of sound like you're trying to tell them that you you know something they don't." And I'm like, "Well, I do because y'all don't bother to look." Right. Right. I'm trying to get you guys to wake the hell up to what's going on and not be part of steering us into oblivion, for my daughter's sake. Oh, yeah, you will. You should No, You said you don't want to have any conversation, but is a grandmother of four daughters. Your mom should have some kind of interest in this pedophilia thing. Like, trying yeah, to well, and when it. I when I press her, she's not down with the transgender thing. She's not down with the idea that you can't use the word mom anymore. It's birthing person. Right. She can't stand any of this crap. But because she's not willing, she's so, you know, Trump deranged. And so is my sister. They're not willing to see past that to how, again, all of these things linked together and it's almost mm. impossible to explain we've said a hundred times it's like the crazy guy with the red string all across his room tying different articles together like that's a real phenomenon but it makes it it doesn't make it any less crazy sounding to try to explain it at the end of the day the summer up sum it up is they are deliberately sowing chaos period yeah that way they can restore some semblance of order in the way they want it it's exactly like v for vendetta right mm. they created a chaos scenario then they came in with the solution and, you know, replaced a, an allegedly free society with an authoritarian state. Well, Dr. Allen, and it's that's spelled A-L-L-Y-N. So maybe it was, of course, A-L-A-N and it was a dude and now it's a girl. I don't know. But Dr. Allen Walker has been placed on administrative leave. Originally, Old Dominion said they, that's will, good to hear. they were going to stand by Dr. Walker, but the public backlash was too great for them to do that and so they finally were like we we just can't support this person anymore you know money talks and people are like no this is bullshit and so it's been placed on leave dr alan walker um did you know that chisholm and this is part of there's this organization called protasia out of san francisco of course it's out of san francisco but they advocate for keeping children and i looked, went to their website and they're a pro uh, pedophilia organization, but they do say on their website, we're not for um, you having sex with minors. What we want to offer you are these minor sex dolls. So you can actually get a doll with the dimensions of a standard 13 year old girl. And to make it even better, you can customize it with, you can put the whatever likeness you want on their face. So if you have some kid that you fantasize about, you can kind of get its face put on the doll for you. So that's their solution is to keep pedophiles from committing that act with an actual child is just give them these uh, fake models of children, sex dolls. 
child sex dolls. I looked it up. It's not illegal, come to find out. My question is, should it be illegal to have sex with a childlike doll? Or is it really protecting children from pedophiles because now they have this other outlet because they can get their jollies off with a minor looking doll? The left, um, the left has stated uh, super elite wealthy types among the left are, are convinced Bill Gates, Ted Turner, uh, the list is quite long and quite distinguished that the world is overpopulated. Um, Klaus Schwab, the founder and director of the World Economic Forum, believes that the world is overpopulated. Bill Gates says his vaccines will help reduce the world population and keep us from oblivion. <clears throat> Since they're bound and determined to create uh, mutant viruses that, that kill millions of people and then create vaccines for those viruses that kill tens of thousands of maybe hundreds of thousands more and maybe sterilize people, I, I would say, why don't y'all just start with the pedophiles? Kill the pedophiles. Do that for mm -hmm. us. Just get rid just, just I, I mean, they seem like worth taking out of the gene pool or at least sterilize them. This is one instance where I would I would uh, be willing to readopt forced sterilization, which we've seen in this country just in the last hundred years by leftists in leftist states among like poor black communities. To bring all that full circle, wow, that was pretty. That was pretty heavy. Just just smite the pedophiles like God did with Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, yes, smite them. Yes, uh, man. I mean, I don't I don't think that'll get us canceled, but. I don't, uh, so by who? <laughs> I don't really care. They're 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 a drain on society, and they're this type of stuff from Dr. Alan Walker is like you talked about pushing it to the brink of no return. So, if they all were smited, or maybe we could just give them like, what if we just said this? All of you, the pedophiles, sickos, let's all have California, but please don't, you know. Don't leave California ever. Just stay there. I mean, it's kind of already done anyway. I don't know where Old Dominion is. I don't think Old Dominion's in California, but so either. I think it's in the South, but I don't know. Old Dominion sure. sounds like such a like a strong like name of like moral fortitude, and they don't have any apparently. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't want to talk about pedophiles anymore, dude. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> you know, you want to smite them all. Old, Old Dominion is in Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Norfolk, Virginia. At least they just elected a Republican governor. <clears throat> yeah, I do want to smite them all. Um, <laughs> there's, there's nothing okay about pedophilia. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Well, that, that's. I was really, talking. I was talking to a I guy had on my list. Was, well, so the last thing I got. Let's I have 15 it. minutes. I'm going to eat lunch with Henry. That's good. This won't take more than that. We'll we'll bring it back to the funny. Um, and that is our dear friend, um, another savior of the Republican Party, a la Beto. And that is Kamila Harris, Vice President Kamila Harris. We need senator. like a um we need like a little well, we need to be friends with like someone like a Kamila music. sounder. Yeah, like a musically talented <laughs> to give us like a little what's going on with Kamala or yeah, Kamala's a, corner or something need, like that. We definitely need a she's com freaking Kamala solid jingle. gold every all week. the time. Yeah. Every time she's in the news, it's I'm hilarious. A, I might make up a little jingle for us. Oh man, she's um she too is the gift it gives on giving. So last week, probably maybe over the weekend, a new poll was released. I think it was a USA Today poll. 
It shows her approval rating at 28%. Mm-hmm. It's funny because she was below Biden about, you know, all, basically this entire year so far. Because as we've already detailed uh, numerous times, she dropped out of the primaries last year before the very first race, which is the Iowa caucuses, because she was polling at less than 3%. Um, she's, she's terrible. She was wildly unpopular in California. Uh, she only had what a couple of years in the Senate. She has no experience that's relevant to this job, no personal ties within the Senate chambers or the house of representatives that will allow her to even effectively help negotiate things like build back better bills. Right. She's uh, laughing all the time in the most insane moments. Like uh, when talking about lots and lots of Americans dying in the Afghanistan pullout, right. Or the border crisis. Uh, She's the worst. Uh, cackling Kamila, fake, uh, you know, f- f- faking videos with a- child actors about science and outer space, you know, talking like she's on mushrooms. And then I think last week she's in France and she's using a stupid sounding French quasi French accent. And she still hasn't visit- visited the border. Still hasn't visit- visited, hey, at least not the border that is. Now she's been to Europe. She can check that off the list when she said, I've never been to Europe True. either. Yep. You know, she got her European trip in. Yeah. Yeah, so they were trying about six weeks ago to try to claim that um, her popularity was strong and that Biden's had gone down. Um, but now, you know, the truth is coming out that, no, she's the least popular nationwide politician. Like, her rating is actually below Congress's now, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, mm-hmm. which is saying a lot because they're always below 30. It's in that ballpark anyway. Uh, so there have been many hit pieces, some of which I've linked in previous shows over the summer. Um, where, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of two things. It's really funny to learn about beltway, uh, insider baseball politics, right? Not like the kind of national politics, but how factions within DC snipe each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So we all know she called Joe Biden about, you know, maybe 18 months ago, a, a racist and a rapist, uh, on a debate stage. And so therefore Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden with her PhD in education, who insists on being called doctor. Uh, in fact, I have a jurist doctorate, so I'm going to start asking everybody to call me Dr. Cook. Um, All you're going to get is counselor. Out of me. <laughs> it's good enough. Uh, Jill Biden's supposedly not a real big fan. That's been written extensively about in CNN, MSNBC. All the hardcore leftists acknowledge that there's a real s- sort of split between Jill trying to protect her decrepit, failing, senile husband. Uh, and Kamila trying to, you know, make a name for herself without actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been piece after piece. Some of them are, you know, trying to blame Kamila's staff. Some of them try to blame Biden's staff for leaking bad things about Kamila's staff. And a few of them are like, admittedly, you know, she's had some pretty bad moments. Even CNN was reeling back in June to be like, yeah, they actually buried her for four months to start the year. And put her in like intense brainwash training to try to keep her from laughing when things are serious. And then so they roll her out to talk about her efforts on the border with uh, what's his name? Lester Holt. And she cackles like a maniac. And they had to put her back into brainwash boot camp for a couple more months. And then they let her out again. And all she did was laugh about dead people in Afghanistan. And then, you know, da 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 da. So there's been this like, like <laughs> all over the board sort of spin on why she sucks 
Um, the bottom line is she, she just sucks. And, you know, Jimmy Kimmel's out there saying, oh, the only oh, way dude. you think he's a yeah. joke. The only way you think Kamala sucks is if you're a racist and a se- sexist. No, no, it's because she sucks. And just oh, ask, no, no, like, no, he, just he ask the black people who refuse to vote for her. He made a joke about it the other day, I guess, to address that he was like, oh, yeah, a new poll said Kamala's approval rating is down to 28%. And he said, why is anyone polling what the vice president president does? It's literally a position that does nothing. It's like saying, we're going to poll how the backup quarterback's doing. He looks really good over there holding the clipboard. And I'm like, it's not, Jimmy, it's such a stupid point. Like, you you are so in bed with that administration. You're just, you're just a cuckold is all you are. Yeah. Cuckold yeah. Jimmy. For sure. He's a joke. Um, and, you know, and I hate that. Uh, there's part of me uh, that always. God says don't hate anyone. I don't, I really <sighs> don't like him. Here's the thing, though, man. Like, nobody cares what he has to say. His show sucks. It doesn't have any ratings. None of those late night guys are doing worth a crap. None of these news organizations are doing worth a crap, right? They're not shaping people's thoughts on these things. I, I, I'm guilty of citing to it. All of the podcasts I listen to, they cite to all this popular culture reference crap. None of that represents the live, you know, the, the beliefs and lives of human beings. These all are, all these people are just screaming into, you know, an, a, a black echo chamber, voidless, epo, you know, empty echo chamber. <clears throat> anyway, so CNN released uh what is this thing dated? Well, by the way, I think Cooper Rush has done a fine job. <laughs> it was updated at 9:07. I sure would like to see the X update. Uh, on Sunday, November fourth, CNN uh, Cooper has done a fine job. CNN published a new article about the headline: "Exasperation and Dysfunction Inside Kamala Harris's Frustrating Start as Vice President." And this thing is such a joke, dude. But it's extremely detailed. They have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, dozens. Maybe three dozen over close to 40 interviews with current Harris aides, uh, Biden administration officials, uh, Democratic operatives, donors and outside advisors um, who spoke extensively to CNN. And the hilarious thing that, about this article and when I get caught up, it'll be in the show notes, is that it is such a sad and pathetic listing of excuses, dude. This woman, they admit in here that she's had the same problems with staff undermining her, the same problems with staff not, quote, supporting her, the same problems with a governor not supporting her properly as lieutenant uh, or as a attorney general of California, right? Going back to her first times in office in California, she's had the same complaints, the same complaints levied against her, the same dysfunction. And yet it's all everybody else's fault. There's one common denominator going back to her days in San Francisco as a, as a fledgling prosecutor to today, and that is her. She sucks, and they know it. So this but thing hey, goes she, into... She checked all the boxes. She's black, and she's a, a woman. So let's run her with the guy that she just accused of being, a, you know... Um, Rapist and a racist. Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Right off the bat, they say oh, my head's that, about to explode, dude. Like, it's like, like, like what? It, what kind of reality do I live in? It's fucking. Dude, I just don't even know. I'll just sum this up because I know you got to go. But like, right off the bat, they say that um, that she feels one of the. This is a direct quote from somebody in her circle that she feels constrained by what she's able to do politically. They don't like the fact she was tasked with the border. That's never been a secret. That's why she's never been and why she refuses to talk about it. Biden 
was tasked with the border under the Obama administration. And actually, we should point out there were more deportations under eight year of Obama than in any presidential uh, stretch in American history. So and you can go back and see back in 2007, Barack Obama saying we have to have strong borders in part because that's always been a leftist way of thinking that you lock down your borders and not let your jobs, you know, because they're supposed to be the party of the working class, right? Not let your jobs go overseas, not let your manufacturing go overseas, because eventually you want your government to run all of that, right? That's why Bernie was an anti-immigration guy until he got woke. Anyway, Biden got tasked with that. They point out he kind of felt like he was giving her a real, you know, a real vote of confidence by putting her in charge of like, at the time, the biggest crisis probably still is that we're facing. What crisis? They don't even admit that it exists. Yeah, they were doing so at the time, but she bungled it and fumbled it so badly now they just pretend it's not happening anymore uh, all they do is truck people to florida to try to disrupt their elections <clears throat> um yeah we anyway. need to talk about that next week too yeah i saw so she, santa she, said he's just gonna go ahead and truck him up to new jersey biden's home state this woman was selected <laughs> to be the vice president of the united states of america and she That's has the it. nerve and the gall to bitch about the tasks she's being assigned with because they don't help her politically how about you Instead of asking what your country can do for you, Kamala, maybe ask what you can do for your country. Mm -hmm. Like maybe the only Democratic president of the last 50 years worth a damn would have told us 70 years, I suppose. Anyway, Kamala Harris, quote, Kamala Harris is a leader, but is not being put in positions to lead. You know, I don't think leaders have to be put in positions to lead. Leaders lead. Right. That's what they, they do. Example. That's why they're leaders. That's stupid. That doesn't make sense. We need to be thinking long term and we need to be doing what's best for the party, not the country. The party said a top donor to Biden and other Democrats. Mm. Ugh, you should be putting her in positions to succeed as opposed to so putting weights on her. The party. Putting weights on her. Yeah. Do what's best for the party. They feel like the administration rushed to the support of Pete Buttigieg when everybody was criticizing the fact that he spent 90 days on paternity leave while uh, the nation's logistics fell apart and he's the secretary of transportation. They say rush, the administration rushed to his defense. And the quote here is something to the effect of, uh, yeah, it's hard to miss the specific energy that the White House brings to defend a white man, knowing that Kamala Harris has spent almost a year taking a lot of the hits that the West Wing didn't want to take themselves, said a former Harris aide. But this is... um. This is probably, well, I already said a leader not being, being able to lead. If you go through this piece, it Buddha is Jesus so... He's a homosexual, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he is. Right. Yeah. So on it's paternity. weird that he was on paternity leave to begin with because they had to have adopted. Harris's closest aides frustrated maybe, her. Maybe like a week or two, right? Like that would be fair. Three months while the freaking infrastructure falls apart. Like... <laughs> this one's awesome the administration ought to be using her more yet they've given her massive tasks which she's just flat refused to do so maybe if she just did the job she was already being assigned they would give her more but it's like why do i give you more to do when you're not doing what i already asked you to do mm. it's it, the whole thing dude is so self-centered cnn playing this cover game for her like it's all the biden's fault that she sucks it's well, dude. they know that Biden's not going to make it through four years. Like mentally, he's in, 
you know, he's incapacitated. He can't even put it right. Well, and they're in panic mode. Right. They're in panic mode because who this was supposed to be. They they didn't. He didn't pick her, dude. No. This was forced on him. You don't pick That's someone who accused it. you of being a rapist. No, right? they don't. You don't. No. Well, maybe, you know, I say that he is senile, so maybe he forgot. Um, <laughs> but she, dude, they're in panic mode. They realize that she's a complete albatross. She's worse. I mean, her polling shows it. She's worse for them than he is. And so in, it goes so far that there's a report, a report from Fox, a, a correspondent for Fox News claims that a month ago, an insider in the administration told him to brush up on the existing policies and procedures for removal of a sitting vice president, because that's the direction they're trying to head with this. So like, who, would, who would take the place of her Pelosi? Dude, it's never happened before. So there's not, I don't oh, know. No, I'm just asking like, like, no, I mean, I assume he can pick one play out. I don't know. I, my guess is he can pick one. I don't know <laughs> how there, there's no way that they would go, go in that direction. Because then they would they would be admitting that they screwed up. They'll never admit it. They'll do what they did on the vaccine. They'll just dig their heels in and be like, well, <sighs> this is what we got now. Dude, I started. Just keep digging started, the hole deeper. I'm using my kid's laptop. And I started typing into the search bar how to remove a sitting vice president. And it autofills how to tell if a middle school, middle school boy likes you. <laughs> which daughter is googling that probably my oldest well hope i hope that he likes her for her sake uh yeah i think he does <laughs> oh shit well i got to <laughs> <myself>. oh shit <laughs> indeed <laughs> <laughs> oh god all right. Well, that derailed me. I'm done. Yeah, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go eat lunch with my son and pretend like the world isn't really a cesspool. Yeah, trending in the wrong direction. But God is good. I need to go back to church. I still swore too much today. I was doing better. I was doing better. Um, my wife though, because it's like a sailor. So so does mine. It's getting no help. Getting no help there. No, no. <laughs> When we first got married, we had like grand aspirations. Like we had a swear jar, and if you said a bad word, you put a dollar in it, and then we like keep track of it and then like go out to the more you swore the faster you got to go out to a nice dinner so it was kind of a and the more booze you drank and then therefore the more you cursed right <laughs> yeah. but now it's no whole spark um all right that's gonna do it for episode 55 of justified pursuit for chism cook i'm cable smith and we will see you guys next week thank god for beto and camila faces come out of the rain when you stray no one remembers your name When you're strange When you're strange When you're strange